I'll tell you what, there's some days, man, it is, well, it's a great honor to be a pastor any day. Some days, I got to tell you, are a little better than others. Praise God. You got to wear glasses. If you're a pastor, you got to wear glasses, right? Oh, the way things kids see things, huh? Praise God. Listen, breakthrough. Praise God. How many of you, how many of you believing for one? How many of you want one? How many of you desire one? How many of you say, no, all right, it's about time. I'm ready for one. Praise God. Well, listen, I want to talk to you about some, some principles today. Now, listen, understand what I'm saying. These are not rules. These are not steps. Do these five steps and boom, poof, there it is. You can do none of them and God can go boom, poof, there it is. But there's some principles that I believe in order for us to really get in a position for these breakthroughs that we need to do. And I'm going to talk about some of those today. All right. Many are still believing for your breakthrough. Do not give up. In Galatians 6, 9, it says this. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. I hate that word, due season. Don't like it. My season is now. Due season is his time and his way. It might be longer than I want. And, and, and that's something we've got to get a hold of in due season. And, and let me tell you, sometimes the seasons are heavy, and sometimes the seasons are dark, and sometimes the seasons aren't easy, and, and I get it, been there, still there sometimes, okay? But I believe that breakthroughs, it's time for some breakthroughs in people's lives. 2 Samuel 5, in verse 19 and 20, said this, So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. You know, the Lord is known by many names in the Bible, and it reveals his character. The word Baal-perazim means... in based on 2 Samuel 5.20, Lord of the breakthroughs. We serve a God of breakthroughs. And the thing of it is, is sometimes we get in our own heads what a breakthrough should be, what it should look like, what the timing should be, and how it should be. And God's maybe got a different plan, and we got to get on His plan. And so, one of the very first things that I want, the very first things about, how, about getting these breakthroughs, again, we have got to make room, and this is number one, you've got to make room for Jesus and His Word in your life. Some people aren't getting a breakthrough because they're making no room for Jesus. They're making no room for His Word. They want to do things their way, my way, it's the only way, and that's the way I'm going to do it. And yeah, I know what this says, but this is what I'm going to do. And you're not making room for Jesus. You're going to have to make room for Jesus in your life. Even when it's something that maybe you don't like or want to do, you're going to have to do it. And so, and I want to start in a, 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 a place that's very, very familiar, a, a scripture, a story. I'm going to go to Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. And we're talking about Jesus. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days. And it was heard that he was in the house. Jesus was in the house. Jesus is in the house. He's there. He's in the house. All right? Understand that. 
See, that's what we need to be after, having His presence in our house. Is He guiding your life or are you guiding your life? I submit to you, the very area that you are guiding your own life is the very area that's causing you the biggest problems in your life. I'm not exempt from this. Are we doing what His Word says or not? Is His presence in our lives? See, we're trying, too many of us try to break through on our own and you get frustrated. And all of a sudden you're thinking, well, this doesn't work. Well, who's working it? You or are you allowing God to work it in you? See, it's a must to be in the Word. In verse 2, immediately, now listen, Christ is in the house. Immediately people start showing up. The presence of God is, wherever the presence of God is, people are going to show up. He's going to draw them. You don't have to drag them. They'll show up. So, so that there was no longer room to receive them. So if you can imagine, Jesus is teaching, preaching, doing whatever, and this place is so packed, there's no way to get in, standing or only, they're hanging outside, maybe hanging on the windows, listening. And he preached the word to them, and it happened when Jesus was in the house. Now, we have got to make room. See, too many aren't making room for Jesus, but they're making room for strife, sin, unforgiveness, attitude. And a lot of people don't want to hear it because they don't want to make changes. If you don't want to make changes, you are already not in a place where you're going to get a breakthrough. You, don't, you, you might not like that, but guess what? This works for you. It works for me, too. If I don't allow God to do some things to me, I'm, I can believe God for breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. He says, okay, fix this. I ain't fixing that. I want my breakthrough. Okay. I don't know how it's done with you arguing with God. I haven't been successful. If you ever figure out how to do it and win, let me know. Write a book. I'll read it. So that's the first thing. You've got to make room for Jesus. The second thing, now I want to go to verse 3. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Now, I want to stop right there. The second, I want to call it a principle. And again, understand you can get breakthroughs. Uh, again, under, please hear me. It's not a, I do this, I do this, I do this, and the breakthrough's there. You can have your own list. It doesn't matter. This is just what God gave me. You are going to have to overcome your paralysis. What does that mean? The crippled man, understand this guy was crippled, but he didn't have a crippled mentality. Jesus in the house, I have got to get to where he's at. Okay? It wasn't, well, look at me. I'm just stuck here. Just the way it's always going to be. It's never been any different. Oh, it's so hard. It's so dark. It's so big. It's so tough. Okay? The crippled man didn't have that mentality. I'm going to say something. Listen, don't let present circumstances determine your attitude toward your breakthrough. Because your circumstances will convince you God can't possibly move in this situation. This is way too big for God. God can't do this. God can't move this. It'll never happen. And so already you have decided that it can't. You have got to overcome your paralysis. Okay, what it could be. It could be letting your it could be past failures. Oh, I failed before, so I'm going to fail again. Well, guess what? I'm going to keep trying. You've given up based on circumstances. 
Maybe a condemning past or chronic fears or habitual sin. Pick yourself up and make your way to Jesus if you have to crawl there. But get there. Or if you've got to get somebody else in the body of Christ to carry your burden to get you there. We have got to overcome those things in our past. Too many people's past are hindering where God has them and what God wants to do and hindering the breakthrough. Because God can't possibly fix this. It's too big for me. Yeah, it probably is. I don't know of any time that God's ever called anybody to do something they could do. Amen. You know, and it's funny because I remember, you know, when we got called to go, we were here and we got called to go pastor there and it was a big step and we were like, yeah, we were all excited. Then we got in the middle of it and it was like, oh my gosh, what have we done? And we got called to come and pastor this church as well. And then we said, you know, yeah, we feel like that's God. Okay. We stepped in and said, oh my gosh, what have we done? In the middle of it. It's, it was overwhelming. And you know what? There was a moment or two where I was just kind of paralyzed. I don't know what to do, God. What am I supposed to do? It's too big. It's too much for me. And all of a sudden I realized, you know what? I don't have to do it. I just don't have to obey him to do it. I'm going to obey him and he's going to do it. My job is trying to obey Him. And let me tell you what, that's a full-time job. Just trying to be obedient. I don't know how you do with your life. I, maybe you leap out of bed and say, yes, I'm the obedient child today. God, I'll do everything you say. No questions asked. I don't know if any child has ever been that way. I had two kids and that wasn't them. You know, um, I'd like to think I'm that, but you know, there's those times where, you know, the Lord tells me, hey, you need to clean this up. I don't want to do it. I'll get to it later. <laughs> you know? Have you ever told your kid to clean their room? Yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Yeah, you know, guess what? Tomorrow never comes. I'll do it tomorrow. You know, we, I'm going to start that diet on Monday. Uh-huh. Monday doesn't come. Monday never gets there. See, here's the thing about about breakthroughs, you can't just sit still and wait and wait. And now sometimes we need to wait on the Lord. Sometimes you got to be moving. Okay? So like I'm saying, listen, I'm having financial struggles, you know, and guess what? God said he'd supply, so I'm going to sit right here until he supplies. Let me give you a clue. Go get a job. He'll supply through that. And if the job you isn't getting, isn't getting to be enough, then find a different job when you can. But do something. Don't just sit there. Listen, long years ago, I had this guy. I'm called to mission. I'm called to preach. And I'm called to evangelize. I'm called to, and you know what? He quit his job. Three months, he walked around. He fasted. He prayed, waiting for that telephone to call, ring. Guess what? The telephone never rang. Guess what he had to do? He had to go get two jobs to pay the back bills because he sat there for three months and did nothing. Hello. Ding. Do what God's got you doing where you're doing it till he opens the door and then walk through it. You got to do so. You want to break through. I want a different job. I want a different job. So I'm quitting this job and I'm going to wait for that perfect job. You're going to starve to death. I'm just going to tell you. Overcome your paralysis. Don't allow those things in your past to stop you or even the things in the present. Trust Him. Now here's another one. Some of you may not like to hear. Verse 3. Then they came to Him bringing a paralytic. Now listen. Who was carried by four men. 
And jump down to verse 5. Now look at what it says. When Jesus saw their faith, the faith of these men, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. The third principle I would say, you better be in the right company. Who, who, guess what? These buddies of his that were carrying him, they weren't skeptics. They were faith-filled. Hey, Jesus is in the house. If we get you to where he's at, I know you can get healed. Grab a corner of that thing. You're going, boy. Here we go. Could have been. Oh, man, you've been crippled forever. It doesn't look good. You can't walk there. It's crowded. You're not going to be able to get in anyway. You might as well just stay there and hope that God shows up one day. Who, who are you hanging with? I mean, I need somebody when I'm sick, I need somebody to say, you know what, you're healed, you're well, I'm believing, I'm trusting, I'm standing, not, oh my God, you got that, you're going to die. I mean, you got to be careful. You know, you tell somebody, man, I got a, I got a pain in my side. Oh, my great-grandmammy had that one time. It's the consumption. It killed her. You're probably going to die. She, three months and she was dead. Thank you. I don't need that information. I need somebody to tell me, hey, you know what? You're healed. It's just, you know, it's just a stitch in your side because you ran 100 yards. You know? Be in the right company. What are, what are people telling you? You're never this, you're never that, can't be this, you're not going to be this. Because, you know, because, because 150 years ago, you just, you're crippled. You know? I mean, telling a cripple that they're crippled, wow, brilliant. Like they don't know. Oh, really? Wow, revelation, I'm crippled. Be in the right company. I'm telling you, if I'm in the hospital... There's some people that are not allowed in my room. There's a few people I'll call and say, please come. Because I know what they'll say. I know what they'll pray. I know what they'll believe. I don't need somebody coming in and saying, oh, looking really bad, man. It don't look good. The doctor said it didn't look good, and I believe him. Just by looking at you, let me go out here and cry. He's a goner. I don't need that. Even if I am a goner, pull me out of that. Let me die with a smile on my face anyway. <laughs> be in the right company. You want a breakthrough? That's what you got to be. I like rolling with people, man, that believe I'm fire for God, believe for breakthroughs and get breakthroughs. And I'm, woo, yeah, not this, well, I don't know. I might make it today and I might not. Please. Yeah, I want to go to your church and party with you, big guy. <clears throat> no. Are they good? Stand in faith. Who's influencing you? What are they telling you? All right, so we're making room for Jesus. Getting out of order here. Two, three, there we go. Here's the other one. And in verse four, and when they could not come near because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was, so they went and they broke through and they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. It was the first rock concert ever where they dropped somebody from the ceiling. I want you to think about this. They grabbed him and said, we're going to take you to Jesus. But guess what? They couldn't get to him. There was a problem in the way. So 
what most people do is, oh, well, I guess, I guess it wasn't God. Let's just go back to the corner. We'll lay you back down and you can keep begging and you can stay paralyzed forever. It's okay. Yes, I know you were hurt one time and it's okay to hang on to that hurt. Baby that hurt. Nurse that hurt. Grow that hurt up into a great big root. I'm hitting you pretty hard today, huh? But don't worry, I had to prepare this thing. So guess who got it twice already? Me. Once preparing and I preached it once, I'm going to have it three times today. You only get it once. So pity me. All right? But listen, they uncovered the roof. Can you imagine? I mean, the, holy, the presence of God is in the house. I mean, it's so packed you can't even get in. We're preaching away, and all of a sudden you hear, and all of a sudden here comes some dude down from the roof. Poof! Hey, I need Jesus. I need healing. Guess what? I'd probably stop the service. Say, hey, you want it that bad. But again, here's the fourth kind of principle. Refuse to be denied. What's denying you? The word of God. You stand on this. This, my friends, can't be denied. Can't be denied. So stand on this. Confess this. Read this. Believe this. You know? Receive this. Good word. They didn't turn back. We can't turn back. Don't stop believing. There's a song. In the word. I'm going to add that. So don't stop believing in the word. That's why I'm not on the worship team. But they uncovered the roof. Now, I want you to understand, I did a little research. The roofs aren't like the roofs we've got today with trusses and no, they were, they had, they'd made like stone uh, slates and then they would put vegetation and stuff over to, for the rain. And basically, they were just pulling out, pulling the slates. They made a hole for them to get, they weren't just, you know, destroying the property. You know, if your next door neighbor's having a prayer meeting and you got to get there because of the presence of God there and you cut a hole in his roof, you know, that's not what they were doing. You know, today you're probably going to jail for that, destruction of property. But see, basically what we're saying is we need to press in. We need to press into Christ, not into the world's ideas or our own ideas, but into Christ and what the Word of God says. That's what we need to press into. Let me tell you something. I can press into my emotions very easily, especially anger. Oh, I get angry and frustrated. Whoa, I can press into that really good. And I can, ooh, I mean, I'm really good at it too. And, and I've almost perfected it. And boy, and that anger, if you've ever noticed, anger is quite the motivator. Not in a good way, but it's a motivator. I mean, all of a sudden, adrenaline's pumping. You can run faster. You can go further. You can jump higher. You can leap tall buildings in a single bound. I'm anger man. But it happens. See, refuse to be denied. But the only way you can refuse to be denied is if you're focused in Founded and grounded in this. It's the only way. Guess what? You can be denied in a whole bunch of ways that are your own. But I know that God can't deny his word. So we need to stick with that. Now I'm going to say something to you, and you'll understand this. Refuse to be denied. Summer, well, I want to say summer is here. Summer is coming, but in, in the upper peninsula of Michigan, our seasons are 15 minutes long, so... 
But, you know, we're going to have a season here in the spring where bugs are going to be hatching. And uh, Have you ever been camping and had those little gnats? And they're just everywhere. You know, just in your ears and you just, they drive you nuts. I mean, almost to the point of insanity to where if you could get a blowtorch and kill every, kill every insect on the planet, you do it. Maybe that, that's the anger thing, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but here's what, here's something that the Lord, maybe I can't say this is Lord. This is me, I guess. I'd rather be a pest and receive a miracle than to be complacent and lose a blessing. I'm going to keep bugging you, God. Hey, hey, I'm here. Yo, yo, your word said. Now, listen, be very careful because it's one of these. Now, listen, I've had arguments for God, never won one. But it's like, you know what? It's like, you know what, God? You're going to do this because this is what you better be very careful how you go to God because, you know, he is God after all, you know, it's just a thought and you're you're crispy. Yeah. But it would be, you know what? Lord, your word says this, and I believe it, and you're God that can't lie, so I'm standing on that. Are we good? Yeah, right. And so I'd rather be a pest and receive a miracle than complacent and lose a blessing. Get around others that will strengthen your faith and refuse to be denied. Believe it or not. These, this man had four other men that helped carry his burdens. We need to do that as well. That's what the body craves about, help carry one another's burdens. We need to pray for one another. We need to try to help one another because I'll tell you what, burdens get heavy. And, and different parts and different times in people's lives, different things are happening. Um, you know, there was a time in my life where, man, things were really hard and things were really heavy family was going through some really difficult, difficult things. And I remember being at an altar and I remember a few men just coming around, putting their hands on me and just praying. And I mean, I just wept because just the knowing that somebody was there and there was some strength and there's somebody believing for you made all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. Now, did God do miracles? Miraculous breakthrough right then? No, but that gave me strength. It gave me hope because somebody else was helping carry the burden. And it makes a huge difference. Every one of you know what I'm talking about. Every one of you have been in a place at a time where you feel isolated and alone, and the enemy will do that. We need to carry one, another bur- one another's burdens and refuse to be denied. Don't just say, well, I guess that's it. The fifth thing we have to, and this is something that we have to do, We've got to remove the limit, remove the lid of our limitation on God. We limit God by what we think. I don't see, I've had, you know, I deal with things in my life just like you do, that I can't figure out how to, how do I fix this? I don't know what to do. And if I don't know what to do, obviously God can't do anything. You are so wrong. His ways are so much higher. His thoughts are so much higher. Quit. When you get to a point, you know, at the end of you is the beginning of God. It's hard getting to the end of me sometimes. Because I, you know. But we need to get to that place where we remove the lid of limitations. God can do everything that His Word says He can do. We need to believe it and open ourselves and and have an expectation of God moving. It may not come the way you want it. It may not come the the way you think it. It may not come in the time that you think it should be. I mean, heaven forbid that we have to wait and reap in due season. 
You know, we can't be patient for, you know, I mean, I want you to think about this. It's going to take some patience sometimes. Remove the lid of your limitations. Do you know when Moses didn't talk too good, God said, I want you to go, and this is what I want you to do. You're going to deliver the people. I can't talk. He said, that doesn't limit God. Moses wasn't limited. Do you know that Noah had never built a boat before? I want you to think about this. Noah. Yeah, God. Build a boat. Okay. What's a boat? Well, it's going to be this and it's this and, and you're going to put two of every kind in it. Huh? Elephants, hippos, what? All that? Yeah. It's going to rain. Great! What's rain? Because at that time, the earth was moisturized by coming by dew that came up, not rain that came down. They didn't know what rain was. And just for a kicker, it's going to rain in 120 years. Told him to build it. 120 years later, it rains. We can't wait 15 seconds for our fries. We've got to, sometimes we've got to be patient for our breakthrough. Yeah, and he was an old dude. I mean, can you, can, you, can you imagine that? You know, building that ark, 800 years old? I'm 50, and I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to think about it. I want to think about lifting a two-by-four. I'll be honest. That, you know, a 22-ounce hammer is heavy to me. Do you know David had never killed a giant? It didn't stop him. Don't limit God. So how do we remove these lids of our own limitations? Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. Notice it said in all your ways. Not some of the ways, not, well, I'm going to acknowledge you in these ways, but in these ways, these are mine. You're not touching them, God, they're mine. Well, guess what? Good luck getting your breakthrough there. I'm telling you, the one area you're not giving to God is the one area that's causing you the biggest problems. And, and I'm going to tell you one of the, the biggest areas. We've got to be patient. And we've got, and here's another big one, and I'm talking to men generally, but women too. You have to be humble enough to receive it. Don't let pride limit what God can do. And I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. I hate, and hate is not too strong a word, absolutely hate stopping to get directions for anything. If I am driving, I will drive for an hour and a half. My wife says, I'll just pull over and find I don't need directions. I'll figure it out. It's just sheer pride. So finally, I get broken down, and I say, fine, we'll pull over. We'll get directions. And I do the manly thing. I send her in to get them. <laughs> because I'm a man. I'm supposed to have it all under control. I'm supposed to know anything. I'm not supposed to need any help. doesn't matter if I've got a hole in my roof and I don't know how to fix it. I'm not going to call somebody to come and help me fix it. Bless God, I'm a man. I'll do it myself. doesn't matter if it leaks buckets when I'm done. Sometimes we limit God because we won't receive. I don't care if you've got a million dollars. If somebody walks up and says, the Lord says, give me 
give you this $5, you best receive that $5. Because not only is it for you, but it's also a blessing for the person that's given it. Don't rob them of their blessing. We've got to be humble enough to be able to receive. But we limit God because we don't want to receive. I'll tell you what, my wife would have no problem if somebody walked up to our house today and said, hey, God told me that he wants me to spend three days and clean your house from top to bottom. She would do cartwheels. She'd hover four inches off the ground. She'd spin around, be praising God. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes would be her answer. Yes. Three times yes. Me, I'd be like, well, I don't know. I don't want them in my house, you know. And then they clean out my junk drawer in my closet. I don't want to peel them around. And then, no, I don't think so. My wife's good. She can do it. She can do it by herself. It's pretty good of me to shut my wife's blessing down, isn't it? Yeah. You see, we need to be patient, and we need to be humble, and we need to remove the limitations. How do you know who and how God's going to move? You don't. You just trust that he will. And sometimes, when we're in difficult situations, we have to just trust God believing that God is going to move. Here's my thing. The Bible says, knock and it'll be open. Here's my deal. I knock, I will, okay, how many of you, how many of you younger wanted a job? You know, high school, college, it doesn't matter. You, you needed a summer job. How many of you went in and put in one application? Put in one application, oh, I didn't get the job. That's it. I guess I'm just going to sit at home. That's it. God just doesn't love me. He didn't open the door that I wanted to open. I didn't get that job. No, you put applications absolutely everywhere, hoping that God, you know, same thing with your breakthrough. Knock on every door. Let God open the door. You don't have to kick it down, but just knock on it. If it opens, walk through it. If it doesn't, don't. But you've got you to unleash, get rid of that limitation of God. I knocked on one door, or this is the door that I want to go through, God, and it's the only one. This is the one I want, and you've got to make it happen. He's like, well, dude, that's not the one I've got for you. So you can knock on it, and listen, I am an expert at this too. I, you can bang your head against it till you got a lump this big, and it still won't open. And all you do is frustrate and hurt yourself. You know, your forehead's bleeding now because you banged your head on the door. Don't let pride limit what God can do. Now, I want to talk, I'm going to wind her down here real quick. Acts chapter 12 and I'm just going to give you a little bit of this story. Peter was in prison, but there was constant prayer going on. You want breakthroughs? You need to be in prayer. Okay? And in Acts 12.6, it says, And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound. Now listen, Peter was in prison, bound with two chains between two shoulders. Two soldiers, guards on either side. Guards, guards, more than one, were in front of the door. Okay? And look what it says. Peter was sleeping. What? Herod was going to call him out the next day, probably to kill him. I'm thinking, if this is my last night on the planet, I'm probably a little stressed. I'm probably not sleeping. I'm probably thinking about all the things that I wish I could have done, should have done, would have done, didn't do, wanted to do. All right? He was, this is what I'm saying. If you were in a difficult position, place and you're believing for your breakthrough, pray and be at peace. But preacher, you don't know where I'm at. No, I don't. 
but I know where I'm at, and I know I've got to find the same peace that you've got to find. Is it hard? So hard. It's difficult. But this is where trusting the Lord comes in. See, so what happens? I'm going to tell you. He was sleeping. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Now, how cool would that be? I mean, I get myself right in the story, and all of a sudden, man, all of a sudden, pooh, here's an angel, kicks him, boom, hey, get up, man, quick, let's go, it's time to get out of here. And I mean, you got it. and again, what did it say? Peter, if you read on, Peter's like, well, I think I'm dreaming. He thought he was having a dream. Gird yourself, tie on your sandals, and he did, and he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. Supernatural jailbreak was taking place. A breakthrough was happening. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how our breakthroughs come, literally. So he went out and followed him. He did not know that was what was done by the angel was real because he thought he was seeing a vision. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, this isn't really happening. You know how many of you convinced yourself and, and you've lost a breakthrough because you're convinced this isn't really happening? Didn't really happen. No, this can't be happening. No, you know, I'm not this, I'm not that. God can't do this. You better be careful. God can do anything he wants to do within the context of his word. So, look at this in Acts 12.10. They were past the first and the second guard post. They came to the iron gate that lead to the city, which opened on its own accord. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean... Every prisoner on the planet's quoting this scripture. They're memorizing this. I'm just going to, I'm going to start walking and door gates are going to open. Good thing, bad thing. They better be born again, saved, spirit-filled, and ready to go before that happens. Because they've got other people on the other side of the gate going to say, I don't think you're ready, bub. Not time yet. But he had come to himself when he kind of awoke from this thing that he thought he was in a trance. He said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent an angel and delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So then, when many considered this, came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, and many gathered there together praying. They're still praying. Peter knocked on the door. Rhonda answered the door. She recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness. She did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. And they said, no, can't be. He's in prison. He's going to die tomorrow. It's got to be an angel. Don't, when God, when the breakthrough comes, rejoice. Don't doubt. Be excited about it. I'll give you an example. Um, we have a gentleman in the other city in Cedarville. Um, through some really God circumstances, led a man to the Lord um, this past weekend. And he called me for what reason? Just to rejoice. There's a soul added to the kingdom of God. And I'm like, you know, all heaven, all heaven rejoices. And we go, oh, that's great. Woo. Woo -woo. That's pretty exciting stuff. And so when your breakthrough comes, be excited. It's okay. And guess what else? Share it. Because this is what it says right here. Peter continued to knock. Keep knocking. But motioning them to with his hand, kept silent. He declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. He said, go tell these things to James and the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. When your breakthrough comes, and it is coming, rejoice. 
and let it be known. Why? That's called a testimony. The lamb and the power of your testimony will absolutely encourage someone else that may be in the same place. Whether they're in the exact same circumstance or not does not matter. Everybody has circumstances in their lives that are personal to them. Listen, when, you know, when my, when my son was growing up, a major trauma in his life, oh my goodness, I don't have enough gas in my car to drive around the block 47 times. Whatever am I going to do, Father? Oh, it's so heavy, it's so dark. I'm like, have you got to be kidding me? You look at my checkbook and the bills, and you're, it's all relative. That was a big major deal to him. And guess what? He had to use the same principles that I have to use for my whatever it is. Same principles. We've got to trust God. We've got to rejoice. And when that breakthrough comes, you need to let it be known. Let it be known. Because we serve the one true living God. We serve a God of breakthroughs. We serve a God of victory. And if you don't believe me, just talk to the Renos. They'll fill you in. So then, as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers of what had become of Peter. No kidding. Because all of a sudden, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. Honest, really. See, what was happened was, we were all there, and he was sleeping. We were changing him, and we just kind of went to sleep, and then all of a sudden, poopy's not there. We See, in those days, if the prisoner escaped, you get their punishment. So these guys are freaking out like, ah! what's going on here? No small stir, it says. Can you imagine? Do you want to go tell Herod? Uh, Herod, I don't know how to tell you this, but we went to sleep with him, chained up beside us. We woke up. He was gone. Two guys in the cell door. It was open. I don't know. You don't have to explain God. Just know that he is, and he did. Go and tell people, hey, I got my breakthrough. And I want to tell you, there are some principles here that you, can, that you can use that will help you and encourage you because the breakthrough is coming. And, and, and I know that I know that I know that some of you have been believing for breakthroughs for a while. Stan, I, I really, I felt this strong that, that there's some breakthroughs that are right there. I don't, if it's physical, if it's emotional, it doesn't matter. If it's mental, if it's financial, whatever it is, breakthroughs are coming. I want you to understand something. You have got to do what you have got to do and what God has instructed you to do. Sitting on your thumbs and hoping to God that He's going to do something. Give Him something to work with. If nothing else, your, your faith. God, I'm trusting you, and I'm going to just put one foot in front of the other, and I'm going to do all that you've called me to do. But see, what happens is we limit God because we get this attitude. You know? Yep, God need finances, want a job. But it can only be from 9 to 3, Monday through Thursday. I got to have three days off. You know, I got video games I got to play. And it's got to be $25 an hour. I won't accept anything less. And I got to have full benefits. Medical, got to have medical. Oh, no, you won't provide that? I don't want it then. Good luck getting a breakthrough that way. You're limiting God. Do what your hand finds to do until God moves you on. 
We've all had jobs we didn't like. Worst job we ever had was shoveling stones. And, you know, they weren't this, like, gravel. They were stones. You couldn't get a shovel through it, so I was picking them by hand. This guy, this guy for whatever reason, he wanted limestone rocks in his whole yard. So he covered it with plastic and bisqueen except for the plants, and he dropped two great big dump load trucks loads full of these rocks, and I'm putting them in a wheelbarrow and wheeling them down there and dumping them. I'm like, dude, buy a lawnmower. You know? But do it. Your hand finds to do where God's got you at right now. And trust him for that breakthrough. Because I'm telling you, it's coming. Just like he told Noah, the rains are coming. You can be assured the breakthrough is coming. So if it's not quite there yet, it's coming. But make sure that you're staying within the context of this word. You try to make it happen, you're going to mess it up. Sure enough. Allow him room in your life to do what he needs to do. I'm going to tell you something. You can't debate the word of God with, with God. Well, God, I like this part, but I don't like this part, so I'm not going to do that part. Then don't. Then you're in trouble. You're not going to get blessed. I'm just trying to help you today so that we can get the breakthroughs that I know God has for us because my heart and my prayer is every one of you get your breakthroughs and are so blessed that you're just so blessed that you become such a huge blessing and we turn into one great big I'm going to bless you more than you're going to bless me club. Amen. Let me pray for you today. Listen, I want to do this. Uh, Dorian, could you give me, somebody give me some music. I'm not going to ask you to come up here, but I am going to ask you if you're in that situation where, you know what, you need a breakthrough, whatever it is. I don't, I don't care what it is. I want you to stand up, and we're going to pray together today. So if you need that breakthrough, just stand up right where you're at, right at your chair. And while they're praying this song, I'm going to pray with you. And those that are sitting, you feel like, eh, I don't really need a breakthrough. I'm good. I need you to agree with me. Just stretch a hand toward those people that need this breakthrough. Father, we come to you this morning. And we say that Baal Perizim, he called it that place because it was the Lord of breakthroughs. You are God of breakthroughs. So I command breakthroughs to come. I command Satan to take his hands off of people's lives. And I command, Lord, these breakthroughs to come. Lord, physically, financially, spiritually, emotionally. Lord, we come against this, this spirit of oppression and depression and anxiety and fear. Lord, we pray for breakthroughs in those areas specifically. I pray for breakthroughs from alcoholism and deliverance from these bondage. We'll talk about next week, Lord. And we thank you that we are free from those things. And so, Lord, I pray for every single person here. Lord, they need a breakthrough. I pray that you speak to them individually and you instruct them of exactly what to do and where to go. And if they're obeying you, Lord, I know that you will bring that breakthrough that they need because of their obedience to you and your word. So we thank you, Lord, that you help us, give us the strength and the wisdom to hear clearly what you need us to do and where you need us to be so these things can happen. Lord, surround us with people that will speak faith into our lives. Lord, we thank you that we are taking the lid off 
expectation and we say we expect God to move in a mighty way, even if we don't understand it, even if we can't see it or fathom it, but you will move in our circumstance. Lord, I pray for every circumstance represented here. And I say breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough in Jesus' powerful name. And agree with me, say amen. Give the Lord a hand clap today. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, all right. Hey, walk this week. Expect your breakthrough. Look for your breakthrough. Get your breakthrough. And we'll have some testimonies next week. God bless you.